A big market reaction on Friday as US inflation starts to creep back up again and there are clearly fears that the same thing could happen in Europe. And what about Australia? So today, should we be worried? Will the Fed do more as a result? Almost certainly. Or is this just part and parcel of the bumpy ride that Jerome Powell has been talking about? Do we really know where we are headed? It's Monday, the 27th of February, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, Friday delivered just what we didn't want to see. U.S. inflation starting to head back up. That news has pushed the U.S. dollar higher. You know, at least that's going to make the uh, imports a bit cheaper for them. Uh, the DXY index up 0.6% on Friday and up 1.3% over the week. That move and the risk-off sentiment has pushed the Aussie down. It lost 1.2% on Friday, down below 67.3 U.S. cents, back to where it was at the end of last year, in fact. And a half percent fall in the euro, a 0.6% drop in the pound on Friday and the US dollar up 1.3% on the Japanese yen. The US share market didn't take the news particularly well. The Dow and S&P both down more than 1%, 1.7% off the Nasdaq, but you know, it's still almost 9% up on the year to date. All the news came in too late to upset the ASX 200, which closed up 0.3% on Friday, but I couldn't imagine that's going to hold today. Uh, the Eurostox 50 lost 1.9% on Friday. And bond yields, not surprisingly, rising on the news. 10-year treasuries up seven basis points on Friday, up to 3.95%. But they had been up at that level earlier in the week. The big surprise was two years. They shot up 10 basis points, up over 4.8%. That is entering territory that we've not seen since the global financial crisis. Uh, Now, you might have hoped that all of this would translate into lower energy costs, but no, oil up 1.2% for Brent and WTI. Brent is up over $83 now. It did dip down, almost down to $81, but not for long, then came bouncing back up again. So lots going on, and it all comes from one number. Let's look at that number with Rodrigo Cotrill from NAB in Sydney. That number is, and look, and I'm sure he's going to have others, but, <laughs> but 4.7%. That is the core PCE price index. What's the uh, the so-called PCE deflator, which for January was 4.7%. The forecast was 4.3%. So quite a big upside surprise. Morning, Phil. Yes. And um, as you said, it, it wasn't just that number. It was actually a round of very solid US data releases. Um um, and if anything, you know, the, the, the data is also, um, in addition to that inflation number that you're referring, importantly as well, uh, the spending in, in January from, um, from the U.S. consumer was very, very strong. Uh, and in fact, uh, it, it was the strongest uh, on a monthly reading uh, of 1.1 uh, since April 2021, which was the, the month when the, the government in, in the U.S., um, started releasing all this pandemic uh, relief uh, spending for, for the consumers. So um, it just gives you a sense of perspective that, um, you know, we were kind of concerned that maybe the US economy was doing a little bit better as we got that uh, strong uh, non-farm perils number. We also had a very solid uh, retail sales figures uh, a week or so, 10 days ago. So now the market was kind of preparing itself for maybe the potential of a very strong print in terms of the data on Friday. And, and in fact, it was a lot stronger. Um, as you point out, it's, it's, it's not just that inflation print, uh, it's the fact that the consumer 
uh, was spending quite nicely uh, and, uh, in, in January. And it also sets up the scene of, of a higher level, if you like, starting point for January uh, in terms of the state of the consumer, the state of the labor market, and the state of those inflationary pressures. You know, if, if we think about sort of the dynamics of inflation, there's the energy component, there's the, the housing or the, the living expenses of rents and so on. And then there's the services side, which is the, the biggest component. And that is the one that is driven primarily by the ability of the consumer to spend. And, and therefore, if the consumer has money and willingness to spend, uh, then that services side of inflation is likely to remain sticky. Uh, and, and that's the major concern in terms of the data releases that we had on Friday, that uh, it just points to the, to the idea that the Fed will have to do more work in order to tame that inflation dynamic. Before we look at all of that, um, and, and in particular what the Fed's going to do next, just on, those per- on that personal spending, that was one month. I mean, 1.1%. We know that uh, income was up uh, a lot less than that. So obviously that can't go on forever. But we also, of course, uh, saw a very different picture in December. Uh, it's sort of like a reversal of that trend. And we know that retail numbers have been a bit all over the place because we had a bit of a, a strange behavior around Christmas time. So, I mean, this could just... And so similarly, if that's getting push, pushed through to this inflation number, I mean, we could see that it all changes again next month. It might be a storm in a teacup. I mean, we did have uh, Jerome Powell, didn't we, a month ago saying that this year is going to be a rocky road uh, and or a bumpy path. I just do with a rocky road right now with a nice coffee. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's... Uh, yes, I mean, it's, it's not... It's I mean, it's not a linear program. Anyway, let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point to make. There, there are a couple of caveats, if you like. Uh, one that, um, you know, the Q4 readings were not as strong. So we, we had sort of that uh, weakness coming through. And in fact, that's the theme, that's the theme for inflation as well. We, we saw that inflation falling. We saw the labor market also weakening and bang, we got this big rise in January. Um, and when we look at the sort of the, the drivers, there are a few components that, you know, weather related, seasonality and so on, that explains some of it, but not all of it. Mm. Um, and then when you try to sort of smooth the number, uh, for instance, if you look at U.S. real consumption on a three month, a three month basis, it's still running at 0.6 percent uh, uh, on the quarter. So it's still solid. Um, and then, um, you know, so. When we also look at the, the inflation readings and, you know, there's a lot of talk about the, the Fed's new sort of preferred reading of inflation, which is the core PC services X energy, um, is still running at 0.58%. Uh, so that's the biggest increase since November 2021. So, yes, there are right. some components that will explain some of that rise, but the rise is so big, you know, the biggest in two years or three years. Um, or two and a half years, it, you know, it does mean that, you know, wherever you thought we were, uh, we actually you know, we're not there. higher or yeah. hotter level than <laughs> what we were before. But we got down to, it got down to last year, but in July, it got down to 4.7%. Then it was back up by September, it was back up to 5.2%. So it's not, you know, it's not that steady path down, is it? I mean, maybe, the, but the, I guess as you're saying, it's the size of this that's the surprise. Yes, and and uh, you know when we look at uh, when we look at all of these dynamics and when we look at the leading indicators of inflation and so on, um, it's still telling us that inflation in the U.S. in particular should decline quite significantly over the course of 2023. Um, the the problem is that uh, you know we're starting from a higher level, um, mm. whilst at the same time um, that that services side, which is the real you know sticky bit. 
um, is proving to be a little bit more resilient or stronger. Um, and it does mean that it poses a challenge, not only for what the Fed is going to do, but in terms of expectations or how markets are likely to behave. And, and even the US dollar, the US dollar, many, many of us, we, we thought we were embarking on, on a downtrend. Uh, but downtrend clearly is not going to be on a straight line. Uh, it's going to be quite volatile. Uh, and at the moment, the, the, the dollar's enjoying, you know, another day in, in, in the sun. Yeah, with the Aussie dollar suffering the consequences of all of that, we might get onto that in just a second. But yes, as to where the Fed goes then. So, I mean, we've been talking about uh, perhaps three lots of 25 basis points. James Bullard saying on Friday, they've got to move quickly and credibility is on the line for the Fed. I mean, he is talking about basically 1% over the next three meetings. So maybe 50, 25, 25, perhaps. Yeah, and he's not the only one. There's a mess there, which is also quite a hawkish uh, Fed. Uh, not a voter yet um, uh, could could also uh, you know it's also talking up the, this 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 dynamic um, and uh, and of course what we've, what we heard from other Fed speakers has been um, you know before this round of data releases so I, I wouldn't be surprised that at least a few would would change their mind and lean towards sort of the bullard sort of way of thinking so it's certainly been um, a big reaction in terms of market expectations of how high the, the Fed is going to go. So now the market is pricing a terminal rate of 5.4. Um, but importantly, as you say, there's also a, a bit of a lift in terms of those expectations of what was going to happen next month. Uh, we, you know, the, the, now, now the market really entertaining that idea that a 50 basis point high could happen uh, at the end of March. Um, the, the great news in terms of the, the data or the, the next meeting for the Fed is still a month away. So we might get a few data releases that will maybe tame this, this this sort of strong dynamic that it appears to be you know developing in terms of the US economy, uh, but otherwise certainly uh, uh, you know the prospects of a fifty basis point hike in in, in March uh, cannot be ruled. Well, out. it certainly knocked the enthusiasm out of the uh, stock market, hasn't it? So we've seen quite a big fall uh, at the end of last week. I mean, it's not. I mean, I guess it's just the the realization that things are going to take long and not necessarily. Uh, fears of a recession but you know the idea soft landing that would that that expression is just so last week isn't it now it's uh, I mean we don't really know where we're going now but I mean we can't have a we can't be heading for a recession surely I mean if you look consumer confidence is holding up we saw in the Michigan consumer sentiment read that that was the case uh, new home sales better than expected on on Friday and of course loads of people with jobs it's very difficult to imagine I mean they, none, none of those are the situation you'd expect when you're heading into a recession no no that's right um, um, so and that's why there's this. So, so in particular, when you think about the shape of the of the interest rate curve in the front end, so there's the market is pricing all these hikes and then all these cuts. Now, what is happening is that uh, you know we we get in this idea that the consumer is is more resilient than before, and then we also having an increase of that chatter from uh, you know Fed speakers insisting that not only we have to hike and, and you know, lift the cash, the, the funds rate above five, but also keep it there for an extended period of time because of the resilience of the consumer, because of those concerns of services inflation. So um, now what we're starting to see is that lift or, or, or push out of expectations of, of Fed uh, cuts into 2024. 
Um, and that's important because it sort of rattles the pricing expectations for equities uh, as well as the dollar. The dollar is, is getting a lift because of that. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's not restricted to the US. So the German two-year bond yield shot up about 13 basis points on, on Friday, over 3.02% now. I think that's the highest it's been since 2008. Uh, we get the inflation numbers out on Thursday. There's obviously a concern there that the same thing that's happening in the US is going to happen to them too, and more is going to be needed from the ECB. Yep. That's right. So we've seen that big, big move up in, in front-end yields in Europe because of the repricing of the ECB. Uh, now the market is now entertaining this idea that potentially, you know, the ECB may have to lift the cash rate there or the deposit rate to towards 4%. Um, and, and the rationale here, which I think also applies to Australia, is that, well, actually, maybe we're not different. You know, maybe we're all the same. We just happen to be, you know, a little bit behind. And therefore, the ECB will, will have to... Um, you know, hike and, and in order to tame that inflation, which again is driven by that services side. And similarly in Australia, it remains to be seen whether, you know, we are a little bit different uh, as the RBA has been speaking or, or whether, you know, we, we're going to have to uh, brace ourselves for much higher uh, cash rates here as well. Yeah, the world changed a bit, didn't it, on Friday? Uh, hopefully, uh, just for for transitory reasons, we'll see. Uh, but look, we get ECB speakers today. They're going to be shouting out more of the warning signals that they've been doing already, of course. And we get the final read for consumer confidence, along with uh, consumer inflation expectations today. But the big number uh, is obviously later on in the week when we do get the uh, the Eurozone inflation number. Yes, I think that that will be the, the big focus. And again, the details of, of the inflation number will be important. The, the expectations are that the headline number should decline, uh, but it's really about how sticky is that is that core reading, um, uh, particularly given you know what we've learned in, in recent weeks as well. Uh, ahead of all of that, quite quiet, isn't it today? Uh, so uh, Rishi Sunak, the, who is the the UK's Prime Minister, uh, is still it's been months now. Uh, he's uh, meeting with Ursula von der Leyen to uh, apparently sort out for once and for all this Northern Ireland protocol. They are on a cusp of a deal apparently, and uh, as listeners to the podcast will know, Gavin thinks that's going to be good for the pound. It will certainly be good for Rishi Sunak. If it goes wrong, then you know it'd be a question of who's the next Prime it's, Minister. It's just the week. emphasis there that you got to remember that this is. It's not just two people involved. So if, if the UK and Europe agree on something, that's great news. Um, it's just the one step. Now you need to get need to go to Northern Ireland and get buy-in from also the, yeah. the two sides of the political side there, and and that's the bit that I think will be the challenge. Yeah, um, um, and that's the one that remains to be seen. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. We'll see how it all. Uh, it, it's never easy. We do know that for sure. But uh, and not much else today. Uh, New Zealand retail numbers for Q4, but I think that's a bit old hat now, isn't it? Perhaps uh, U.S. durable goods orders tonight. Uh, but it is a rocky week beyond that. So uh, as well as the Eurozone uh, CPI numbers, we've got Aussie retail numbers and GDP. We get some G- GDP partial numbers today, don't we, as well? And US ISMs, uh, China's PMIs as well. So a uh, busy week. A busy week. Uh, because of these concerns around inflation, the Eurozone CPI is the one to watch. For Australia, yep. um, retail sales, we expect them to bounce in January. Um, would you remember we had some distortions of a soft December, so there's a bit of a payback there, if you like. Um, for GDP, we uh, our economists think that the economy grew at 0.8% in the quarter to 2.8% in the year. Um, so it's a nice sort of growth uh, path for, for Australia. Uh, but again, it's, the focus, of course, is more around how the economy is performing now rather than last year. Uh, and similarly, for the US, the ISM numbers will be important um, because of, you know, the, the 
the information we get, particularly in the service, uh, services ISM, in terms of that strength or um, or no strength in, in terms of those inflationary pressures. Yeah, well. we don't want it to be too hot, do we, basically? Uh, That's right. Yeah, well, we'll see what it brings for us this week. Good to talk, Rodrigo. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. There we are. That is Monday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. See you tomorrow.